Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking out the Tuesday Special Podcast. As always, if this is your first episode, I encourage you to go check out all of our past episodes from Season 1, 2, and 3. And this one's exciting. I'm not going to do a very long intro because I don't know if you can tell or not. I have a sinus infection. My throat is killing me. I just got off a conference call. Luckily, when I recorded this interview a few weeks back, uh, I did not have a sinus infection, and my throat felt fine. So uh, throughout the interview, you'll hear me. I, I, I sound fine. I sound Right now, I sound really froggy, and uh, it hurts so bad to talk. So, But I wanted to do this guy justice because this is one of my very good friends, someone I work very closely with in professional wrestling. And the funny thing, I don't think we get into it, but uh, when me and John Schuyler first met, we didn't really get along that well. And I made a comment about him, and he took offense to it. We had some words. But I guess it all worked itself out, and now we are good friends. And once again, we work very closely together. I uh, have been working together for many years in PWX and throughout the Indies. And he's, he's a really good dude, a uh, really stand-up guy. And I appreciate him sitting down with me and having this conversation. We talk about a lot. A lot of it has to do with wrestling. I think all of Season 3 has had to do with wrestling. If you're not a wrestling fan, I apologize. Uh, I'm going to have to do like one more wrestling podcast after this one. It's just going to be me sitting down talking about what I like and what I don't like about wrestling. And then I promise you I'll get out of the wrestling bubble. I'll grab some I'll grab some comedians. I'll grab uh, some interesting people I know and sit them down, and we'll have some fun chats. But I, I appreciate you hanging with me through season three. Uh, we're going to make it through this cold, and uh, hopefully it's it's – cleared up by next week when I have to do the entire podcast by myself uh, but yeah that's enough for me my voice is about to go so thank you very much for checking it out I hope you enjoy the interview with the one and only southern savior John Scott So, we're live here from the Omni, uh, not the famous building in Georgia, the awesomely expensive hotel. Yeah. Unfettered nonsense. Impossible to get into, like everything in New York City. All of this is not true. Tonight, I I shit on Kevin Kelly. (laughs) Um, We were in the back, and I had my like I had my camo beanie on. And uh, what does that have to do with you shitting on Kevin Kelly? Yes. No, I was talking to Harlan Bravado and I had my like camo beanie on and like I had bad gas and I had I ripped a fart that I thought that like nobody heard because I couldn't hear it because I had my camo beanie on okay. and I hear from behind me, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, it, and Kevin goes like, dude, you just shit all over me. Like, and he just <laughs> totally oversold it. So, but yeah. That was the story. And I was like, did you hear that? And he goes, yeah, I heard it. And I was like, I didn't think it was right here by that. my head. Yeah, it was right by my head. And it stinks, too. <laughs> oh, so we have other people joining us. Live from the Omni. Are you just just getting finished? Oh. Uh, Tommy so couldn't yeah. take care of himself. Yeah. And th- so before we started rolling, are we rolling? We're rolling. Oh, hell yeah. Um, the, I won't talk shit on Kevin Kelly. Yeah, well, Kevin just shit his pants. <laughs> no, just, so <laughs> just so everybody knows. 
It was like a 45 second fart. Dude, just. I go in my room and I pass a lot of gas. I swallow a lot of air while I'm doing So, to be fair, the first time I ever like roomed with Kevin was the first Starcast in Chicago where we were hanging out. And he was shitting his pants like every 30 seconds. <laughs> but like, it was like no big deal. Oh, he was just God, like, he was like, he'd pull, he'd like cock his leg like my dad does on the recliner. And he'd just go like, burr. And he'd be like, sorry, pal. <laughs> In your defense, intermission was after the last match. The, like, right the last yeah, they, uh, they worked me like dogs. Yeah. Guys, yeah. guys, guys. Matches, the sale, just so you know, the sale on the six man when everybody was playing chicken. Of Brett acting like he's sitting on Kevin. <laughs> Brett's like, uh, did he did he initiate or did you? That was Brett's idea. Brett's like, uh, Kevin, let me get on your shoulders. And Kevin's like, hell no. <laughs> and then Then after it was over, Brett's like, I'm sorry, I got carried away. <laughs> the chicken bite spot is worth the purchase yes. of the DVD. Yes. Every, every time. PWX, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I've done a lot of those now. Have yeah. A, hey, have a title. Have a title for a show that's longer. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the title. The that's title is so long. The to, the title is so long. That is not my fault. That is Tyshawn's fault because that used to be our November, our show every November. That was like our big show in the winter months. The um, we're just rolling, pal. Yeah, we're rolling. Yeah. Yeah. The, what do you want to uh, talk about? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger? No. The the show's name is so long that... Wasn't that a Kanye song? I don't know. No. <laughs> the, anybody that listens to this podcast, I beg you to go listen to my last two podcasts when yes. my guest is not intoxicated. I'm not intoxicated. I'm fine. You been drinking coffee? Yeah. The I'm good. I'm good to go. Uh, no, just so people know that are listening to this, if they are listening to this. Can this I finish lot, my fucking story? There's a lot of distractions. So there's a lot of people here hanging out and listening to the, this. This is the party. This is Yeah. In order to pay for it, we had five people stay in it. Please finish your story. We have one room that has no one in it <laughs> beside yeah. of us. The... Uh, I don't even remember the fucking story. There, Kanye and Tyshawn. No. How the story, how the, t- the show name. Came oh, the, well, the, no, the show name was created by Tyshawn because what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Four main event was Roderick Strong and somebody. Mm. Okay, so that makes sense. Strong, stronger. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't good, know if that's, that's how I started, name. but I didn't even put the, the. What I was gonna say is this: the title's so long that I didn't even put the whole thing on the rundown card. Right. Yeah. So I just say W D K Y. Yeah. What doesn't kill you? You remember somebody, right? He was a hell of a hand. Yeah. Yeah. He trained me. Who's somebody? Yeah. W-D-K-Y. You said strong versus somebody. Oh. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. It's only it's only three o'clock in the fucking Roddy versus the world. <laughs> the, somebody. Yeah, so you just got done with the cage match. Yeah. My fucking body hurts. He's all scarred up. I look like Sabu when he wrestled Terry Funk in that barbed wire mask. Did anybody see or hear of Caleb Conley's mishap today? <laughs> no. I didn't see it, but Did I saw you, the you saw it happen. everywhere. So Caleb, I love you, Caleb, was, yeah, I, I should have used his shoot name, just a shoot first so nobody knew who I was talking about. Suicide. 
<laughs> so kayfabe, John, the uh, he's he's using like a tire iron to uh, do the turnbuckle, tighten the ropes. Yep. And the tire iron slips and hits him in the forehead and busts him open. It looked like mass transit, <laughs> <laughs> Jack. <laughs> yeah, with a tire iron. And the craziest part about it is I was over talking to some people and he walked up and it looked like somebody threw a brick and hit him in the face because he had rubbed the blood on his head so there was just big red marks like all in his nose and his head. And I was like, what happened? And he's like, I don't even want to fucking tell you. And, 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 and he, then he explains to me and I was like, did it like did the whole thing hit you in the face? He's like, oh, no, that's just blood. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so okay. That's cool. My and life then... sucks. I kept going. <laughs> it, that's what you get for being that pretty. Yeah, he's a good-looking stuff brother. Like, stuff like that happens, there's a, too. There's not a lot of good-looking brothers in wrestling these days, but Caleb Collins is a good-looking brother. Zane Riley. Not a good-looking brother. <laughs> not a good-looking brother. <laughs> Name some not-good-looking brothers. Oh, man. Who's the best-looking guy in wrestling? Me. Right now. Dad, get, get off your own dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're on the show. This right? is the worst podcast already. And no, me and Brian recorded this one is for the best. The Liger's a good looking brother. It's crazy because it's it's no secret because I'm wearing the same clothes that I did Kevin's right before I did this one. And I had all these questions prepared for Kevin. I have no questions prepared for you. <laughs> you can ask me about the Ahmed Johnson Battle Royal from 96 because <laughs> yeah. I know a lot more about that than Kevin Kelly did. I am going to do that at some point. I don't think it was in Wheeling, West Virginia. I think it was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Well, yeah. there is. Just wow. so you guys know, there is something called Google. We're going over this. I apologize to anybody listening to this and not watching. Sorry. Uh, I want to say Tacoma, Washington. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Somebody Google this. I can't. My phone. That's recording. where Booker T and Buff Bagwell had the really shitty WCW match. Was Tacoma. Dude, he's like an encyclopedia. Yeah. Him and Zach Salvation. Zach Salvation. Let's talk about Zach Salvation. Okay. Zach Salvation is the reason we're probably friends right now. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. Zach Salvation was the one that... Went to bat for me. Went for, to bat for you because he knew you from CWA. Yep. Yeah. And so Give me... I, hold on. Give me... Because I've heard... And I think we've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Give me your timeline from being a fan in high school... College. College? Yep. Fan in college in CWA, or a fan of CWA, because I saw, I feel like you are, no, take no offense to this. No. You're I'm a Mark. reincarnation of Zach Salvation. <laughs> okay. So I'm a Mark. The, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, yeah, you are a Mark. Yeah. But so is Zach Salvation. Huge Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, because I, did you ever see Zach when he used to be, like, young, and, young, young and chubby? Uh, No. Oh, okay. No. So you weren't necessarily as chubby as he was, but you were young and kind of thicker. I was fat. Yeah. And I was a then, college kid. When you get oh, wrestling, yeah. you're fucking fat, like as a college kid. And then you guys go through this body transformation thing yeah. through wrestling. Yeah. Well, Y'all don't have the same moveset. No, no. And, and so, all right, to, answer it, your, to go back to your first question. No, tell, well, tell me your transition from, when, from college kid to wrestling. professional wrestler. So I am sitting at home as a college kid, and I'm going to the University of South Carolina, mm -hmm. and I have no idea what I want to do with my life, and I know I'm spending a lot of money on college. Yeah. 
Uh, the University of South Carolina. Yes. Um, I am working in a copy center during mm-hmm. the week to pay for school. Mm-hmm. And during all this, I am had my like first, I wouldn't call it like a bout, but like I had like my first run in with like depression because mm-hmm. you're like in your 20s and you're like, what am I going to do in my life? Yeah. I'm spending all this money on school. Is mm-hmm. this going to pay off? Is this really what I want to do? So I didn't realize that until my student loans went into effect. <sighs> I'm still paying mine off. Uh, dude, you have no, you don't have more student loans than me. We'll talk off air. Okay. I bet I do. I bet you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is becoming the world's biggest pissing contest. <laughs> About student loans. Yeah. Um, so Come on, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know if he's doing um, So. Is that free student loans? He gives away free shit all the time, don't he? <laughs> what did he say? Did he died. say it? <laughs> he died? He died. Today. <laughs> Today. Did he really? No. Oh. Watching Buff back. Dude, I was about, I was about to feel like the biggest piece of shit. Yeah. On the face um, of the earth. Oh, this is going to be the worst episode of the Tuesday special. Yes, ever. I told you it's, that. And it's not because it's not my fault, by the way. Nothing's ever it's my fault. It's because all of you guys started around. drinking an hour before we started today. You did Kevin's podcast. Oh, no, we're good. Um, Kevin, so, thank you for your, your podcast being good. Thank you. I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> P-R-O-Fessional. <laughs> How do you spell Tacoma? Uh, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. We live, um, we live in North Carolina. We know what a Tacoma is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, at, uh, I'm a college kid. I'm depressed. I don't know what I'm going to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm at home and discover uh, room service. Who's that? That can't be security. Is it security? It's your room. Go check. Yeah. We're about to get kicked, we're about to get kicked so out. So back uh, about Zach's salvation. You're going to tell us? Hold on. Let's, we got to keep this. We got to quiet it down. My apologies. Yeah. No problem, bud. I apologize. Security. How about you quiet the hell down, John? This is the best podcast ever. Like I was saying, this is um, like a high spot shoot. There was a bachelorette party like right up the road. Yeah. Oh, we always should have went to the other room. Um, we're good. We're we're set up now. We'll be cool. We'll be yeah. quiet. Uh, so I don't that, know why. Like, did you hear me talking to the security guy? Like, he could hear me because I can hear myself loud as possible. <laughs> but what's great was he was like, headphones. "Look at this guy with the headphones on and the microphone. Mm-hmm. He's doing his thing." Yeah, he's like, "Man, I know you're doing your thing, dude." You can't see John. You can only see I know, and I was like, "I'm sorry." Yeah, like I was looking at him. We're People just are watching to do a this. fireside chat here. Yeah, I apologize. Y'all keep it down. Yeah, Shh. my podcast. There's people um, that are asleep beside. Yeah. So um, I'm a college kid. Well, so theoretically, sorry, John. Yeah. If you get kicked out of this room, you can just go to the other room. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kevin's got to get some rest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As we literally hear a dump truck drive by and yeah. drive into the epicenter. Yeah. All right. So I'm a college kid. I am sitting at home one day, and I see a – I was actually telling the story earlier. Uh, I see a commercial for an independent wrestling show. And it's on, like, it's like during Monday Night Raw. And they're like, come see Rhino and Rikishi and Scott Steiner and um, 
Yeah, the indie wrestling show? Yeah, it was CWA. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. And they were running Columbia. And, uh, you know, they were also, like, you know, their favorite, like, the local guys, Timber and Josh Magnum and mm-hmm. Zach Salvation and all these guys. And uh, Scott Steiner. So I, it caught my eye mm-hmm. as a college kid, and I was like, oh, shit, there's independent wrestling around here. Oh, shit, this is in Columbia. Oh, shit, like, this is next week. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go check this out. And I went to the show, and I... Do you remember how naive you were? Uh, Do you remember what it was like to be a fan? Yes. I don't. Uh, knowing how much I hate the business now... Yes. I, it, there are very few moments where I tap back into that fandom. Yes. It's so hard. It's very hard. Liger coming to the ring for legend. Yes. One of them. Uh, Me looking at Liger as Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One of them. One of them. Um, being in the garden with you guys yeah. and watching that show. Just Getting free tickets from New first, Japan. First time being in the garden ever. Yeah, me too. Uh, Is that them again? No. That's oh. the dump oh. truck. Um, Did you say it was a gunshot? Um we are right beside the epicenter. They just had two shootings last week. Mm. Sweet. Carry on. I know. Uh, Thanks for like, chiming but, in, bro. But, but there's also like moments like tonight in the cage match with uh, with Ethan, where like I look at him before we go out and I go, "I really want to do a Harley race knee tonight." And he <laughs> on goes, the back. Yeah, he goes, "Why?" And I go, "Because I really like Harley race." <laughs> and like I. I wanted to make our cage match as old school as we possibly could. Yeah. And I like, got that feeling like about halfway through, I, I could tell what you guys were doing. Yeah. So I tried to shoot it that way. I don't know that. I don't know that I did well, or I tried to edit it that way. We'll see. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I go to my first CWA show in Columbia, South Carolina, and there's all these names, Rikishi, Rhino, Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and did all of them show up? No, Scott didn't show up. Of course. Because he was laid up in Puerto Rico with a collapsed lung. This is the day Vordell Walker uh, beat the shit out of Rick Steiner. Did you guys ever hear this story? Ooh. Uh, This was my. This was one of, like, uh, uh, very few locker room fights that I remember. Is it CWA? Yeah. Because, uh, so Scott Steiner was laid up in Puerto Rico with a collapsed lung. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. they called Rick at the last minute to replace Scott. And apparently Vordell Walker and Rick Steiner had some sort of previous heat where mm-hmm. uh, Vordell was like a greenhorn or whatever and r- worked with Rick and Rick like beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And like Vordell, well, Vordell didn't know like any better. So he was giving his body up and Rick was kind of like taking yeah. advantage of him. Yeah. Vordell's and, not a small man. And he's a, like a shoot fighter. Yeah. Like, he became a yeah. trained badass. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, like, Rick comes in the locker room, and he makes his rounds, and he goes, hey, Rick Steiner, hey, Rick Steiner, hey, Rick Steiner. He gets to Vordell. He goes, Vordell, fuck you. Vordell got up, beat the shit out of him, put him in a front face lock. Rick's eyes rolled back into his head. And so anytime I hear those stories about, like, the Steiners being badasses, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, well... There's always one tougher, faster gunslinger or yeah. whatever. And yeah. to, on that day, it was Vordell Walker. <laughs> like, he apparently beat the shit out of Rick Steiner. Just by choking him out? He hit him, and then he oh. choked him out, yeah. 
But yeah. So yeah, not all of them showed up to answer your question. Uh, <laughs> Typical uh, indie, indie uh, wrestling. Rikishi was there. Rhino was there. Uh, Rhino wrestled Timber. Timber was another guy that helped break me in. Yeah. Um, another good brother. Um, but I remember like seeing the Max for the first time. Mm. And we could have a whole podcast oh, on the Max. Jesus Jones. Do you guys um, know the Max? Kirby Did you ever meet TJ? them, Kevin? Kevin, you had to meet the Max. Kirby and TJ Mack? Sounds familiar. Oh. Yeah, uh, Kirby Mack sounds very familiar. He is in, He was in the worst Ring of Honor match in history with Jeff Hardy and Joey Mercury. Oh, gosh. That one, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The pain in Kevin's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, anyways, yeah, I saw the, like, all this. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to sound negative like I'm burying people, but... Um, the names brought me to the show mm-hmm. that I recognized from TV. Goldust was on the show too. Uh, yeah. Hell. And he was not uh, with either company at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, with the Goldust name? Uh, it's Dustin Rose. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in gold. <laughs> with paint on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the one thing I remember was like there were so many local – indie guys that busted their ass on the show mm-hmm. and that was my big takeaway probably josh magnum josh magnum was one of them <laughs> Zach salvation was, was one of them yeah vordell walker was one of yeah. them. the max as, yeah. much, as much as i don't like to give kirby a lot of credit for anything he was one of them yeah like they these guys were super fucking talented yeah and like i remember thinking like this is kind of cool i want to come back and check this out again mm-hmm. so i kept going back to shows for here and there for a couple months, and then Timber like was like, "Hey, you, you ever been in a ring before?" Like, no, he was like, "You want to?" I was like, "Sure." So uh, Timber was actually the first guy that got me into a ring, showed me the fundamentals, showed me how to lock up, mm-hmm. take the arm, send off, whatever. Um, uh, so to answer your question about the timeline, I started going to indie shows probably like. 2006, and I started training in the spring of 2008 with Bob Keller. How was training with Keller? Awesome. Did he have his own ring? Like his own building? Yep. He had a building in Gaston, South Carolina. Uh, There was no central heating, and there was no, like, uh, AC in the building. Did you turn that down? Yeah. Um, So it was... Yeah. So so Bob's building was uh if you could like put yourself in like the old school like oh well when I trained I was in this building and it had this this like every wrestling stereotype was Bob Keller's building. Of course. It had no AC, had no heat, so it was hot as shit in the summer. In the summer. Freezing cold in the winter. The ring was touching every wall of the building pretty much. <laughs> there was all these shitty untouched weights like gym set on and then all of Bob's crap was that he didn't need from his house was all stored upstairs. <laughs> like it was like the um, ultimate brother like setup. And he had like a stereo system too where he would pump out tunes yeah. like uh foreigner and any eighties <laughs> hair band. This is everything about Bob right. For Smith Garrett over there. Uh um yeah, it was like the ultimate wrestling building yeah. to learn how to wrestle. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was amazing. And I was, you know, 
talking earlier today to somebody. A lot of the guys that I first started training with were all very big and very green. Hmm. And so I was the smallest guy like in our little class or whatever. And so the first thing that they're all going to do is try to show how strong they are. So when we had to take like body slams and stuff like that, I was getting murdered. The one that was getting murdered 30 to 50 times a day, just getting driven through the mat by these powerhouse greenhorns that have no idea what they're doing. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) Then you look back on it and you're like, oh, that was the funnest time. That's why my knees crack every time I walk, or that's why my back locks up when I'm bent over the, like, just stretching and stuff like that. So was was CWA where you, you initially started your career? Dude, CWA was uh, – that's not where I had my first match, but, like, that was, like – I was, like, man, if I can be a CWA superstar, like, yeah. holy cow, like, I will be, like – that's, like, WWE for me, like, yeah. when I first started. Dude, they were, like, a top promotion for a few – like, well. a few – four or five years. Yeah. They, because they did those kind of shows, then they had their little run with Impact or TNA. It was TNA at the time. They had a good deal with TNA where they would – TNA had a good working relationship with them where mm-hmm. they would – they sent in Kurt Angle. They sent in Jeff Jarrett. They yeah. sent in all these people that were you know top folks at the time with yeah. TNA to come do these shows. And now some of them were meet and greets, but mm-hmm. then a lot of the guys Still. were you know coming in and working. Daniels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elix, AJ. Uh, uh, AJ did work. Yeah. Uh, Can't work Josh Magnum. Yep. Elix Skipper. Um, Saban. Like so mm-hmm. many guys came in and, you know, worked PD matches. PD came in, didn't he? PD Williams? Yep. PD came mm-hmm. in. Abyss came in. Dude, anybody that was in TNA at the time that was over came in. So, I mean, they had a really good deal worked out. But then, like, they also ran the majority of their shows, their home crowd, their home base, like their Concord, North Carolina, mm-hmm. was Orangeburg, South Carolina. Yeah. So when Shelton got released for the first time, yeah, they ran a show in Shel- – because Shelton's from Orangeburg. Yeah. They ran Shelton's hometown, and that was the first standing room only crowd I've ever wrestled in front of because mm-hmm. people paid a lot of money from everywhere in Orangeburg to come see Shelton Benjamin wrestle in Orangeburg, his yeah. hometown. It was awesome. It was really cool. The – what was the so where'd you start? Was it like just some little indie? Uh, my first match mm-hmm. was in Big Bear Lake, West Virginia, July the 6th, 2000. Bob Keller all over it. Yep, it was for a promoter named Shane Shadows for Championship Pro Wrestling. I wrestled the one man warning, Bill Bain, and got <laughs> killed in three minutes, lost to a backstabber. Nice, had no gear, 300 pound. Big man giving you a backstabber. No, he wasn't 300 pounds, but he, yeah, he, yeah, he was what he was. A nice guy. What, what, uh, so, so this is this is what I always like to ask when people got into wrestling. What was your what was your first interaction with, like somebody coming up to you and say, "Hey, we're working tonight, brother," or was it Bob saying, "Hey, this Bob? is a young yeah. guy. So I take I, care of him." I did a whole loop because, like I said, I was in college. I was working at a copy center. And I was training with Bob. I yeah. was taking student loan money to pay, pay for, like, books and shit. And I was using that to pay for wrestling training. Mm-hmm. And um, which I don't know if that's illegal or no. – nah. You got to pay it back. I'm still paying so for it now. Yeah. We had this debate already. Um, <clears throat> I was working in the copy center one day. And uh, Bob was like, hey, we're leaving for West Virginia for a three-day loop tomorrow. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, I would love to go. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, well, can you with your school and stuff? And I go, I don't know. And he was like, uh, I'll tell you this. If you stay at home, you never get booked. I'll be there. I said, I'll uh, meet you tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, did Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Bob on this West Virginia loop. And it was 4th of July weekend, which ironically enough did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Not now. Yeah, not anymore. Um and uh, we go up there, and I ran the merch for Bob mm-hmm. every day. I helped put up the ring. Mm-hmm. I helped set out the chairs. I did all that shit that you yeah. were supposed to do. And then the last day of the loop, um, I'm setting out like... You remember the little Bendem figures that were like really shitty that WWF put out? Yes. Like they're like it was like you Ahmed like Johnson, their leg and Taka Michinoku, and yeah. like all these other ones. They're like I'm this setting, big. Yeah, they're like this big, and they're supposed to bend, but they don't. Yeah, and it's just like who they, made they this? bend and then they come yeah, back. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, I'm setting these out on the table. I'll never forget it. Like I'm setting out all these little shitty Bendem figures on the merch table, and Bob comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, boy, you nervous?" I go, no, what's going on? Why would I be nervous? He goes, I'd be nervous if I was the third match. I look at him, I go, excuse me? I said, you're ribbon. And this is how I knew he wasn't ribbon. Because Bob Keller goes, I'll bet you all the cash in my pocket right now, I'm not ribbing you. And Bob Keller doesn't fuck around when it comes to money. <laughs> yeah. Like, tonight when we had the cage thing and... Everybody was like, I don't know if the cage is going to fit in here because of the ducks. I was like, Pop Keller's going to find a way. I'm not nervous. <laughs> and everybody's like, why? And I go, because he knows if he doesn't get that cage up, he ain't getting paid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I even told him, or I told Bob, I go, uh, I don't have any gear. Like, I don't have boots. I don't, I, I'm not prepared for this. And he goes, yeah. you're prepared. We'll find you gear. You'll be fine. Oh. You'll do well. That's when and you got nervous. When did I get nervous? No, that's when you got nervous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. As soon as I found out I was working, I was nervous. Yeah. Um, I borrowed be- uh, uh, gear from a guy named Bobby Shields. I don't know if you guys know that name or not. He was a um, West Virginia guy. Did a couple things with Ring of Honor. Um, a lot of extra work. Uh, gave me his boots. Gave me his tights. Like, like here you can have them? No, not oh, here you can like, have them. Oh, you yeah, can borrow like- them. Because uh, I didn't have anything. I had no gear. I wasn't ready. To, I didn't think I was going to work. Yeah. And I remember like I went Before to you learned the golden rule. Always travel with your gear. Always have your gear. But here's the thing. I didn't have any gear. Oh, I, I hadn't been just, able to pay okay. for gear. True. Like I had no gear. I had no boots. I had no nothing. So the boys were lending a hand. And You're wrestling in your underwear barefooted, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I go out there and I got killed in three minutes. And um, Best three minutes of your life. Best three minutes of my life. Yeah. I had a shitty Samsung flip phone and mm-hmm. I was texting everybody that I knew on the way home, the eight hour drive. Yeah. I just wrestled my first wrestling match. Nice. Yep. Then you became a star. Nope. <laughs> Far from it. I'm here in the hidden when... hotel talking to you. It is a nice hotel. It is a nice hotel, but you got asshole neighbors. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> Yeah, asshole neighbors and a dump truck keeps dumping shit yeah. outside. Um, Just say if you're listening to this, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning right now. Yeah. No, I've been very blessed with a lot of opportunities. You said it earlier when you were talking to Kevin. If you know, if it weren't for wrestling, 
we wouldn't be here and there's yeah. like in this room talking to each other. True. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody says things that, you know, things happen for a reason. And I get that like line of thinking, but I also think that like things just happen. Yeah. Like we don't really know why they happen, but they just happen. And like, there's a reason we're all here. There's a reason, you know, there's been so many instances, especially in pro wrestling where the wrong guy or not the wrong guy, but somebody didn't show up and somebody took their place. Yeah. That guy got over it. That guy mm-hmm. became a star that like, like when you always ask, like, what if that didn't happen? Yeah. Like it's like the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Like it's just insane. And that's kind of like, I don't know, not every opportunity that I've had, but I've just kind of stumbled my way into the opportunities that I have had. But I still think that like, the best is still to come. Do you think everybody has a predetermined journey? Oh, man. People ask me that sometimes. And, like, I'm not, like, a big philosopher or anything, but, like... It's like one of those pick-your-own-story books. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Like... Remember those bad boys? Yeah. Like... Oh, man. It's so weird to it's, think it's about. It's weird to think about, isn't it? Yeah, like... We're going to get into conspiracy theory. Not really conspiracy Dude, theory. I love Just... conspiracy theories. I, I read Jesse Ventura's... <laughs> What'd you say? Oh yeah! No, oh yeah! That's too controversial. That's, yeah. oh, I was um, about to say it. <laughs> uh, Ventura's book is amazing. American conspiracies, like, um, I'm not getting political here, pal. Um, Ventura's book. Uh, like I'm just Vin- saying, it wouldn't be the first person the Clintons. Dude, when I met Jesse Ventura at WrestleCon, like mm-hmm. that was the big thing I marked out for the most was meeting Jesse Ventura. Really? Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I said hello to him. That's it. Yeah, I was like afraid to talk to him. Like I marked out for him that bad. Like, really? Yeah, I was doing Sammy's show, the pancakes uh-huh. thing. And, Is that when uh, he was up in the like we're dressing yeah, room he was area? Up in that, yeah, he was right in the room next to us while we were getting dressed. Yeah, and I walked by and I was like, "Holy shit, that's Jesse Ventura!" Like, mm-hmm. and I started like sweating. I was like, "Dude, I got so many questions." And like <laughs> about uh, conspiracies, about like yeah, JFK and nine eleven and like all this <laughs> other stuff. I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to pick his brain. Did so you really much. want to go down that rabbit hole? Yeah, with what's the what's the most Jesse Ventura? Um, with I, Jet with I probably don't go too far because the some king might not of like conspiracy this. theories. Who's the king of conspiracy theories? Jesse Ventura. Yes, yes. that's what I just asked. Sorry. Did you really want to go down that rabbit hole with I, him? Oh yes, with Jesse, absolutely. Yeah, I have so many questions about his book. Like his what's your favorite is, conspiracy theory? JFK. If yeah. like who who killed him? Why he was killed? Yeah, and, like, what really happened? Because there's always, like, if you watch the Zapruder film, like, there's always those little segments of the film that are missing for some reason, mm-hmm. and it's like, hmm. Yeah. You know? Have you, you, have you been to Dallas before? Yeah, I've drove it. Oh, this is a good fucking, this is a good, really good story. When we went to Dallas, me and Corey, to do uh, uh, WrestleMania Access, because they booked us yes, for the okay. weekend. Um we wrestled the VOD villains WrestleMania Sunday, the day of WrestleMania. And it was like 10 a.m. And it was stupid or whatever. But we're like, oh, yeah. I think I saw y'all that day. Probably. Uh, Corey's big thing, because Corey's never left Alabama. Yeah. His, he, his favorite movie is Forrest Gump, because he is Forrest Gump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When Corey was going, Here comes we, we flew out of the, the time Corey was living in Atlanta, and we flew out of Atlanta. Yeah, and Corey like 
it was his first time at an airport and he was like what do we do when we go through the doors? And I'm like, are you checking luggage? And he's like, well, yeah, I have to because of his diabetic stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I go, okay, this is what you do. And I was like literally holding his hand through the whole process. And uh, we go to, uh, you know, we fly to Dallas from Atlanta. And it's just that wide-eyed kid, Corey, yeah. in a big city from Dallas or whatever. <laughs> like, It's not so, a big city at all. <laughs> no. So anyways, he uh, his big thing was he's like, I want to go see – he's like, I want to see where JFK got shot. Eh, I want to see where JFK got shot. Eh, I want to see where JFK got shot. He just it kept talking about it. Finally, like I had enough of it. It kind of pissed me off, and I just like pointed at my forehead. I go, this is where he got shot, Corey. He got shot right here. Like, <laughs> You sure it wasn't back here? <sighs> Depending on who you ask. Back into oh. the left, brother. Like – that's the whole thing, right? People think he got shot in the throat. Some people th- think he got shot in the back of the head. Nobody really knows, though. That's why JFK, like, is my... Uh, I got one. I'm good. Uh, Didn't the back of the head explode off? See? Nobody knows. Right? Like Because he hunches over in the video. There's a Bruder film. Like, JFK hunches over forward because people assume that he got shot in the throat. Like, some people tried to say that he got shot from the back first. But if you got the shot... But think about it. If you get shot in the back, you're going to go like this. That's where the bullet went in, right? I thought it like blew this whole back side of his but head But there off. were two shots. That's what I'm saying. Have you been to the museum? Yeah. Well, we drove through the I've area. Been, I've been through the, through the, to the museum. Okay. Still well, in the X. Took a picture. But Have a you, panoramic shot. What I'm telling you is if you watch the Zapruder film, JFK hunches over, grabbing his throat first. And then his like, What if his wife away. shot him in the throat? She had brass knuckles hidden in her tights, and the referee was looking, and she just <laughs> got him. Hey, threw a fireball at Eddie Gilbert in Memphis. I don't know. I love I love everything about the JFK assassination. Like not like that. Oh, happened. I was gonna it's say you want to rephrase morbid. That? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, but that's probably my favorite conspiracy theory. Nine Eleven is still a little touchy, like because it was still. I, I consider that still kind of recent. Like, even though it was, yeah. what was that? Eight years Eight, ago. Eight years ago, two thousand one. Oh no, sorry. Oh, got a wise guy on our hands over here. No, it's eight three thirty and eighteen years ago. It's still kind of touchy though. Like it's still because it changed the world. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It changed the world, like and the way we live now. So it's still kind of very touchy. It was like our only attack on America. Do you believe life. in UFOs? Here's the thing. There's a misconception about UFOs. UFO stands for unidentified flying object. So you believe in aliens. Okay, I'm going to answer your first question first. Okay. God dang, kids. This whole thing's going to be about conspiracy theories now. Uh, UFOs are unidentified flying objects. So anything you see whizzing by your fucking head in the sky, isn't. if you can't identify it, it's an unidentified flying object. Including insects? Insects. Okay. Birds. Planes. Okay. Any kind of craft. 90% of the shit that flies by my face. That I can't identify as an insect. Scientists have proven that there are other universes out there and other galaxies. And I definitely think there's, I mean, they found like what plant life on Mars like years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So there's got to be aliens out there. Do you believe aliens have visited this earth? Mm. I don't you know. listen to Rogan's podcast? No, I hate Joe Rogan. God, what? I don't like Joe Rogan. Why? I'm not a fan. He shit on pro wrestling so long ago, and now he's trying oh. to make up for it. Yeah. Like, Everybody has on, their man. flaws. I I think he's very talented. I loved Fear Factor. But you got, if you like conspiracy <laughs> theories, <laughs> like, dude, uh, <laughs> listen, listen. 
I loved Fear listen, Factor. I th- you know, his interview with Jake Roberts was really cool. Um, listen to one, great. one interview with Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo. And you will be hooked on Joe Rogan because that's all they talk about is conspiracy theories. Yeah, I got a lot of buddies that like Joe Rogan. I just kind of like he kind of he, he didn't shit on pro wrestling. He shit on pro wrestling fans. I remember that where he said anybody that buys into this is stupid. Yeah, and this was when he was real high MMA, in the UFC. Yeah, he was doing it to try to take ticket sales away from yeah. professional wrestling. And to me, it's like you're into what you're into. I don't like I don't watch romantic comedies. I don't like them, so I don't watch them. What is what the hell is wrong with you, John? No, Fifty First Dates. I've seen. I just recently saw that for the first time. Good movie. Decent. Not one of Adam Sandler's best. Yeah. But Spanglish is one of Adam Sandler's best movies. Get out of I here! Was, I was a joke. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. yeah. Big Daddy too. A very underrated film. I wonder how much of this podcast is educational. Kevin's so bored. Was Corey the uh, uh, model for Waterboy? That's what I want to know. No, Forrest Gump. We already talked about this. It was a documentary. Know, but I'm just trying to think. <laughs> Good questions. Because yeah. I'm running low. Yeah, Corey um, is a special kind of cat. When did you meet Corey? PWX? No, oh. I met Corey. I probably met him in Georgia. Like that was one of. The, there's a lot of people that I don't remember my first time meeting. Like um, me. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I met you. I remember I didn't even know you were working under a hood on your own shows. Nobody did. Yeah. I remember I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I would, Kevin, I would run the shows, and before, like about 10 minutes before I match, I would go change into my gear and then walk out with my hood on and then go wrestle and then go back to our little room, the room that we sat in and talked after X-16. Wow. And take my, take my gear off, go out there and run the show. Yep. He, um... I watched you under the hood take a Canadian destroyer on the apron one night. From Cedric. The most dangerous Cedric. most dangerous part of the ring. It is the most dangerous part of the ring. The funniest thing about that is I chicken shit it out halfway through the destroyer and I grabbed the rope and Cedric murdered his tailbone on the yeah. side of the on the good. side of the ring. And I just kinda like backflipped and landed on my feet and then just fell to the floor and the people went crazy. Dude, I was so green though, but I was like watching that and I saw this brother take a Canadian destroyer on the apron and I go That's all I could do. I was like, This guy's really good. <laughs> like <laughs> Nope. And uh I was like, Who is this guy? And then I was like, Where's the Patrick dude? Where did he go? Like, well, I'm waiting to get paid. Like I'm sitting in the back. That's him. I wrestled like nine matches ago. Like and then I finally put it together when you came to the back and you took the hood off. And I looked at the was that no. The when Cedric, when Cedric knocked me out, that's when I was yeah. like, Cedric, do I pay you? Dude. Don't I pay you? And he's like, Yeah. The worst thing I ever said in my life was I looked at Cedric and said, Let's go beat the shit out of each other <laughs> before a match. Dude, Cedric. I love so you, Cedric. Stiff. He, you, yeah, he's not at me anymore. Not to you anymore? He's not. I don't think he is as stiff as he was when he was younger. I don't know. I haven't worked with him in a while. <laughs> <laughs> he literally yeah. punched me in the face, like uh, so hard one night. Like I remember, like we were. Uh, it was. Um, He's right like after, a little right, tight, a little tight. It was uh, <laughs> right after I won the title for the first time. My the first match coming out of that was me and Cedric. Uh, yes, the next show. It was that when you showed up at Rise of Champion. No. Made your return. That was set up the match. That uh, no, that set up the match. We did the four way. Yes. Me, Caleb, yes. Cedric, Ricochet. At the club. Yep. Uh, I win the title for the first time. My first defense was against Cedric because he was the previous champion. Mm-hmm. And 
where there's a spot in the match where like I got my hands up and I'm like really learning how to work and I gotta like shield myself and block and all this kind of stuff and I like I like do the thing where I talk out the side of the, my, my mouth and I go all right Sutter hit me hit me and he lit like I got my, both my hands in front of my face and he somehow manages to punch through both my blocked hands in front of my face. And he nailed me in the face so hard that I instantly started bleeding out of my nose and mouth, like everywhere. <laughs> and like my hair, my, like my head and hair and everything like ricochets back. And I was like, all right, God damn it. Not that hard. <laughs> like, and he's just like, Oh, sorry. And I, he's like, are you all right? And I go, well, I'm bleeding, but I'll be fine, I guess. And, <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed working with Cedric always. <laughs> have so many Cedric stories when the, the match that he, this was, I'm, I was so stupid. The match that he knocked me out, we, it was, it was a blow off to a big feud. And so I wanted it to be physical and the opening spot, listen, you enjoyed this, Kevin, was me trying to run and do these like hammerick bump drop kick to him. Like went on his entrance, not not me taking the bump, but just holding onto the rope and drop kicking him, and him catching me, and power bombing me like on the apron, Kevin Steen style. Because this is when Kevin Steen first started doing it, and it was over. When he power bombed me, a pain went in my back, yeah. and shot around to my front rib cage and started growing. And I said, "Buy me some time," because that hurt like shit. Yeah. And he picks me up and proceeds to kick me in the chest as hard as he can in front in front in the front row, mm-hmm. four or five times, and to, but it made my pain in my rib go away. Yeah. Then some guy in the crowd, this is how we found out we could do the destroyer, was like, uh, "If you do a Canadian destroyer tonight, I'll give you twenty five dollars." <laughs> and Cedric came up to me and he said, "This guy said he'd give me twenty five dollars if he did a Canadian destroyer." Because what you, you don't know, what you. <laughs> I tried to do that down what in the you, valley parking area. What it's you impossible. Do, <laughs> <laughs> what you don't know is the the way that me and my one of my best friends in in life, me. Matt Cros <laughs> no, Matt Crosby, who I trained with in wrestling, got booked, was because we could do a Canadian destroyer. Matt Crosby was he a Georgia boy? No. Okay, he's a, a different Matt Crosby. He's a big. He was a big country before all the other big countries came along. Oh, there's been a lot of those. But uh, so I knew how to take the destroyer, and then. Somebody else died. Oh, every time that thing dumps, I think it's the damn security people. The uh, then he did like the soccer style kick, mm-hmm. uh, and clipped my chin. <laughs> Woke up on the brain buster, upside down. Yeah, Cedric is the reason I don't wrestle anymore. Yeah, we just continue burying Cedric. Let's do it. Cedric put me on the top rope, and I, he was going to do the generico brain buster. Mm-hmm. On the top rope, which we had done in, in like training. So I've never times. seen Jericho or Jericho Generico do that. Mm-hmm. The first person I ever saw do that was Caleb. To me, uh, to Cedric. Why does all this have to, to be Cedric. about you? Because I'm the one. Because <laughs> me and Caleb are the ones that started doing it at training, yeah. and that's how he figured out he could do it. Jake, I got a scar on my hip from Jake trying to do it and dropped me on top turnbuckle. Look at that scar. Right there. Yeah, I was in a barbed wire massacre match tonight. Got paid forty dollars. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pine straw yeah. hanging out. This is that's what you call full circle, Kevin. Yep, <laughs> yep. The guy that trained you and took you for your first match gave you a scar on your arm from his cage. I got him a cage payday. <laughs> What's some other good Cedric matches? What's the craziest match you've ever had? The craziest match, like you've ever un- had? most unpredictable, didn't go as planned. Man, 
We'll have to circle back to that. What's the, what's the biggest cluster match you've ever had? Without throwing someone under the bus. I don't know. There's been so many, but like because you become almost numb to them when when you do like when you range from wrestling in big arenas to the Dude, halls in front I don't of twenty remember, people. I don't remember what it was like to wrestle. I don't. It's just, there's. I watch people now, and I'm like, was I ever like that smooth? Like I don't. I don't remember how to transition. That's why I wouldn't do it, and that and Brian won't let me do it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the biggest biggest cluster. I don't know. Uh, uh, this isn't really like a cluster cluster, but um, I get booked to be an extra for NXT one time. This mm-hmm. was without Corey. No sorry, said. sorry, Corey. Um, uh, they had me team with another brother from Georgia, and it's at Center Stage in Atlanta, and we're working TM61, uh, Shane Thorne, and yeah, um, the. English uh, guys, Mike, no, yeah. Mikey Nichols, yeah. Um, they're not from England. They're from Australia. Australia. Um, Same thing. Not really. It's a joke. It's a joke, Rachel. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Tuhati is our agent, and mm-hmm. like Scotty, I worked with Scotty on the Indies and did matches with him at like the ECW Super Eight and stuff yeah. like that. And Scotty mm-hmm. was like, "Dude, Skyler, like, we need you to come in and do this shit." Like, yeah. Right, yeah. Sure. Uh, so we are on the lineup. They taped four episodes of TV mm-hmm. uh, at a time, and we were supposed to be the fourth episode. Like We're going to be like the third match on the fourth episode of TV. And for some reason, we're sitting around, and um, like we're all in our gear already, all of us except Mikey. Mikey was the only one that hadn't fully gotten dressed yet. Matches called, whatever. We're sitting right outside Gorilla at center stage, mm-hmm. and one of the writers, I couldn't point him out in the lineup. I don't know who he was. He comes up, and he, or a producer or something, and he goes, he comes up, and me and Shane Thorne are standing there, and he goes, um, can you guys go next? And this was, like, in the middle of, like, the first or second taping, and we weren't supposed to go on for, like, another hour and a half. Yeah. And, like, that might not mean, like, for people that don't understand, like, that might not seem like a big deal. But for TV, everything is so, like, meticulous. Like, yeah. you've got to get the right camera shots and the truck has to know what's going on and all that kind of shit. So we're supposed to not wrestle for another hour and a half. They go, can you guys go next? Or we're like, uh, I don't think Mikey's dressed. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, can you go tell him that we, like, need you guys to go next? And we're like, all right, cool. So I, I, I'm somehow deemed the one that, or I'm the one that's deemed to go tell Mikey, hey, we're going to the ring now. Yeah. And he doesn't even have his boots on. And like he's in the locker room and he's like, oh yeah, man, like uh, I don't even have my boots on. And I go, dude, I'm not ribbing. I don't work here. Why? I, <laughs> I wouldn't rib you about <laughs> yeah. this. They are telling us to get to Gorilla now. Like we are going out now. Yeah. And. <clears throat> they were still trying to do the stuff with the tag team and mm-hmm. you know uh eggshells are a thing people still walk on them they're trying to get over they're trying to yeah. you know i mean and more so for them than even us you know guys we're just coming in and make them look good yeah so uh we get rushed to the ring we do the match and it wasn't bad 
but I remember coming to the back going, that's probably not what they wanted. Yeah. Like, but it's the circumstances. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Go out there and do a match now. Probably proved more with that than and funny <clears> going enough, out there in the fourth episode having a match. A match when people have been. Do you think they were doing it to test you? I think there's a lot of things that they do to test people, for sure. Just to see how seasoned they are, how they work under yeah. pressure. Uh, yeah. Did, they, did the did that match make it on air? Yep, it's on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the network, brother. Look it up. Nine ninety nine a month. Um, no, there's a lot of things that they do to test people to see how you're going to react. Now, similar to a question I asked Kevin, you've been in a lot of locker rooms. Do you think that a WWE or a locker room is the one that tests you the most? Yes, like my no. like mind games. Um, I feel like I a lot. I feel like that, a lot I don't of know if, that, if it's fair to say that they test you the most because I feel like now like. Everywhere is kind of a test in a way because everybody, even like the there's great independent companies mm-hmm. where you go there and you have to kind of like play the game. Yeah. Um, but with WWE, like there's definitely, I feel like there's like um, this perception of what the company is. Mm-hmm. But then when you get there, it's also kind of like, this isn't as bad as I thought it was, yeah. but you also don't really know how to react because of what you've been told. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, you almost can't believe that it's this simplified at times. That's yeah. not over exaggerating the complexity of the company. And there's also been times too, though, like you, you show up and you see somebody get thrown out or you're like, Ooh, and you're like, Ooh, what did that brother do? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you see shit break down fast. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. It's like it's like Oz, like that's well, always like the thing. It's like the the mythical land of Oz. Like you hear all these stories about it, and how great it is, or how great it isn't. Yeah, from people. Do you, and it's really up to you to kind of draw your own conclusion from your own experience. Now, to piggyback off that, do you feel companies create like games or tests unintentionally? With how they're ran and... Well, I don't think they create them unintentionally. I think that... Well, the only reason I say that is because I'll hear interviews with people that it either worked out in PWX or it didn't work out in PWX, and I hear their perception of what it was like there. And once again, it's their perception. Mm -hmm. But probably 60% of that time, I'm unaware that that is a perception of what they what they thought they needed to do to get over or if you, or to uh like raise their stock within the company. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like so you it's like so you, you're you're creating a system in your company that because you you believe it's working and you're seeing results. But within creating that system you're creating tests that you're unintentionally they're unintentionally being represented. Any office, yeah. Any professional setting. Gotcha. Regardless of industry, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think, too, that, like, especially on the independents, you can't get fired from the independents. Yeah. That is impossible. You mm-hmm. can't quit an independent company. Mm-hmm. You, you, just you can leave. get asked not to come back. Yeah. But there are thousands of independent companies out there. You yeah. cannot get fired from the independents. If you ask Al Snow, you can't get fired from pro wrestling at all. Yeah. But 
I digress. Um, I've seen that interview. Yeah. Uh, if somebody, and I'll use PWX as an as a example because we brought that up mm-hmm. and we all work there. Yeah. If somebody, for some reason, wrestled on a regular basis for PWX and they don't wrestle there now, it was either by choice on their part mm-hmm. or they simply couldn't cut the mustard. Yeah. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, there's no weird back, like, let's bring this guy in and bury him. Let's bring this guy in and job him out. Yeah. But why would, on an independent company, why would you want to bring anybody in and make them look bad? Yeah. Because... You're bringing every, them in to when, make money. For Albemarle, for example, for tonight, mm-hmm. we had seven great matches. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to have a stinker? Why would you want to bring anybody in and waste that valuable time on your show? Pay somebody to come in to make them look silly and make them look stupid. To me, that's dumb. Makes sense. And we don't do that. No. And it's, I just, like, that's always been a, a, which granted, I look into things way more than I should anyway. And the landscape has changed in independent wrestling. Mm -hmm. And it's going to continue to change in 2020. And I'm trying to wrap my head around whether or not it's going to be for the better or for the worse. Because now with social media, guys have a lot of power and they have a lot of leverage, mm-hmm. guys and girls. Um, guys so much now, and girls, uh, want to feel like the rebels yeah, because they're independent. And they want to feel like they're in control of their own destiny. But they never admit or take responsibility if they mess up. Yeah, It's always somebody else's fault. That's I've messed true. up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've told you when I've messed up a lot. Yeah. I've come to you to your face and said, my bad. Yeah. Uh, I've done that to other people. That one's on me. My fault. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, people, we screw up. We're human beings. Yeah. We, we screw up all the you, time. If, if, you were, if you were perfect, then you'd be a lot further than you are. <laughs> if you, and nobody's perfect. Yeah, nobody's but, perfect. Um, Figure of speech. We all screw up. Yeah. We, and the bottom line, we all screw up. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, um, I feel like if anybody puts a perception about themselves out on social media, like they're doing great and they're doing well, and oh, I'm, you know, traveling everywhere and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Uh, but if they continue to badmouth one company or one person, mm-hmm. they're not really that happy. Yeah. Because they're taking time out of their busy schedule where they're so happy to get on a social media rant about one person. Yeah. I, Deactivated a lot of, uh, deactivated Facebook. I've not been very sociable on Twitter and Instagram and stuff because, and it's weird because now that scene in the eyes of people now, it's seen as a, in a weird way, a sign of weakness. People are like, oh, he couldn't handle like the criticism or he couldn't handle uh, my opinion or he couldn't handle this or he couldn't handle that. No, I've always, I was brought up and taught that anytime you're in a negative situation, you remove yourself from it. Yes. Surround but, yourself with positivity. Surround yourself with positivity. And positive things will happen. And positive things will happen. So why would I continually, on a daily basis, on multiple times, mm-hmm. on a daily basis, put myself through negativity? Why would you want to do that? I agree, I agree 100%. Remove, remove yourself from it. Don't worry about it. Why would you say that? To quote <laughs> Steve Carino. Why would you say that? <laughs> the this was this is what we'll end on because it's it can go either way and it's a Brian's controversial subject. There, he vaped out of his mind. Yep. <laughs> the the 
there was a quote-unquote wrestling boom that was supposed to happen. And some opinions is it's still going to happen. Some opinions, in my, I'm leaning towards the opinion that so many people took advantage of the potential boom that it has killed the boom in professional wrestling. I think it's... And, sorry, go ahead. And now it's going to be harder than ever. It, no, I'm not going to say harder than ever, but more difficult to draw houses and create uh, a good wrestling content. Not because uh, lack of workers, just because of just uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, over oversaturation, for lack of a better term, sure. of of the market and uh, television products, et cetera, et cetera. For the longest time, we've been conditioned as humans that it's quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And as much as I want to believe in that, and as much as I believe that that's true, I think now more than ever, it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I think it's quantity. I don't think less is more. I think more is more. Mm-hmm. If you look at WWE, for example, Raw is three hours. Mm-hmm. SmackDown is two hours. They added NXT on Wednesday nights live. Yeah. The pay-per-views are getting longer. The content on the network is becoming more and more and more. Mm-hmm. They've got kickoff shows. They've got this. They've got that. More is more with WWE. Yeah. Um, in terms of like... That's every television, by the way. Local news is, used to be 30 minutes from 6 to 6.30. Yeah. Now it starts at 4 o'clock and goes until 6.30, then comes back on from at 7 o'clock. Yeah, the early shows yeah. used to be 6 a.m. Now they start at 4 and they run through like 11 o'clock. Yeah. Um, social media, kind of the same thing. Like in order to get an independent over, I think you have to create new content on a daily basis basis and that sounds impossible it sounds hard Mm -hmm. and even if it's not the best content you got to put something out there on a daily basis and uh i just think that that's where the business is going i think in 2019 2019 will go down in history for pro wrestling as the year that the business changed Mm -hmm. for the better for the worse i think that time will tell yeah 2020 i think will create more job opportunity for all pro wrestlers and free agents mm-hmm. that aren't under contract because there's so many opportunities out there to the point where like there's going to be would come a point that if you don't get a job or you don't get signed you're just not good enough yeah and that's something that even i've come to terms with yeah for a guy that's been a journeyman at this point in my yeah. life and wrestled in every locker room and mm-hmm. done everything that there is to do uh there's going to come a point where if you're not signed you're not good enough yeah um because there's just going to be so much job opportunity out there that being said, there's going to be a trickle-down effect, too, where the best guys are going to get signed and mm-hmm. the best girls are going to get signed. And the indies, I'm hoping this isn't the case because I do think there's so much talent out there, yeah. a lot of good guys coming up and girls. Like, I my biggest fear is that the trickle-down effect of people getting signed is going to hurt the indies yeah. where all the good people are going to get signed. Mm-hmm. And then we get stuck on, you know, the indies that I watched in 98 where it's like two good guys and 34 fucking like shit guys yeah. and girls. So Brian snoring. Is he? It's probably time to sign off. huh? It is. Thank you, John. This was fun. Yeah, glad we did it. I mean, too. I'm glad we've actually got into something. Didn't yeah. talk about Kevin shit all over himself all the time. 
Would be their food oh no! Oh yeah! I'll, I'll show you. Oh, here, let me stop it. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special Podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. It's TuesdaySpecial.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right. Thank you. Yeah.